Hello, I'm Richard Lang, and I have Karen Visser with me here today, a, a very good friend of mine. And I am uh, delighted to have you here, Karen. Thank you. Thank you. It's my delight as well. Karen is a, a good friend who is in Holland, who uh, is very involved, not only with seeing who she really is, but sharing it, which is just fantastic. So my pleasure just to... Uh, converse with Karen today and uh, let's see where it goes. So Karen, um, would you like to introduce yourself, say something a little bit about yourself to begin with at least and how you got into seeing and uh, here we go. <laughs> here we go, okay. Well, uh, not like you, uh, was so fortunate to meet this uh, Douglas way approach straight at the beginning of your life. I had a uh, a way longer meandering path, so to see, to the to the final point where uh, where I met seeing, mm. and uh, which uh, yeah blew me away and meant the end of my search. I had had two uh, teachers before, and uh, so before you get into that, just let us know how long you've been with seeing, and then we have that in mind. When did you come across okay. seeing? I think it must have been 2011 or something um, okay. when I found it through a magazine, looked at the website, did the pointing exercise, did then a week later the tube, I think, and uh, had to admit slowly that uh, my search was over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. that's great. So you were going to give us some backstory, as it were, or some lead up to that. Sure, yeah. I, I think it's good to start with my, my first teacher, which I met sort of halfway through my 30s when I was already searching a bit through books and therapy and, you know, like um, a lot of people do. And he was a very good teacher, sincere teacher. His method was type of um, very psychological. You research your conditioning, your patterning, very deep, very deeply, I must say. So the whole unconscious, how it was built up, which basically rules your life if you are mm -hmm. uh, unaware of it. And uh, which certainly did mine. And um, So you're in Holland. Uh, was that a Dutch teacher, Karen? No, no, he was American. His name oh. was Jeruke Bal, but he traveled a bit. So he also mm. came to Holland. So it was a low threshold. The first weekend was in Holland. And then later on, the groups moved to Germany, so it was combined Germans, Dutch, and a few other nationalities. And uh, and his other pillar was uh, to explore the present moment, a bit like Eckhart Tolle, maybe, slightly different, but nevertheless. And uh, so I was for seven years. Uh, with How him did that to... help you? Yeah, it helped me to, you know, the whole system... I relaxed more and more. I got more clarity. I was driven by fear and uh, and childhood patterns, which were totally irrelevant in uh, in the present as an adult. So the press, the the system relaxes, and at the same time, uh, I got more aware of the actual moment, hmm. more uh, uh, eyes for that. And we did also this long meditation so in the end for sometimes even eight hours in nature or whatever. And I had a few times the, this glorious experience of where, you know, everything becomes so still, so still, and I disappeared in it. And it was just this majestic performance of existence mm. of which I was a part and that, of course, was was a, a kind of a breakthrough for me to see that, and uh, um, which was beautiful. And I would, I think, I called it at the time an awakening, which it certainly was at its level. Um, but it was still very much connected to uh, to an experience. You see, it mm. was connected to a deep me meditation, to looking for that deep silence. And uh, and I was always doing that meditating as much as I could in my private life, which was busy. I had two young kids, and 
busy family running on. I worked as well. My husband worked a lot, my then husband. Uh, so this stillness was was like, you know, a bliss really mm. in this busy mm. family life. It also created a bit of a split, like spiritual life and family life are not on the same page. Hmm. And it certainly did in me. There was always a bit of a conflict going on. Do I go after my spiritual yearning or do I, you know, uh, uh, surrender to being a mother and taking care of my kids (laughs) (laughs) in a very sort of austere environment where nobody was spiritual and I was for sure a bit of the weirdo, you know, doing even uh, uh, meditations and retreats like that. So I think uh, this experience made me vulnerable for my second teacher, which uh, I also was with uh, for seven years, I think. Why did you leave the first one? He died. He died. So so that was easy in a way, (laughs) because if he hadn't died, I'd left it as well. Because within that uh, approach, I remember clearly I felt I had reached the ceiling. There was nothing new for mm. me to discover. And still, my I wasn't satisfied. I, I was still looking. I, I, yeah, there was confusion still. And uh, I couldn't place everything. Um mm. Mm-hmm. In in a, a way that I felt, you know, I had whatever whatever you call it, reached, found, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you know, looking for these specific experiences, beautiful experience, this bliss, this deep relaxation, this majestic existence, then which get to you. Um, I think I was very susceptible for the second teacher who uh, was very charismatic, um, a beautiful man, very powerful in a a kind of silent way. And um, how did you come across him? I met uh, I met this guy through a friend. Um, I wasn't so in. uh, Yeah, a friend introduced me to it who was really into it. His teacher's name, he was a Canadian, he was called John Ruiter, and uh, he had his community in Canada. So I went a few times and then sort of, I think I got sucked in by the mystery of it all. Like, where is he coming from? And what is this, this mystery? He was Mm. very mysterious. And I must say, when you're sitting together with uh, a few hundred people and you're all really one focused on the teacher of course he was sitting on a on a stage and even lights on him and you know it was all very uh theoretically <laughs> set up and a lot of it's adoration a powerful thing. you went out there obviously yeah i i went to live there uh, also enchanted by the community which was beautiful all these internationalities and all these different backgrounds and then all united in the love for the teacher. So it was beautiful. Um, And, you know, sitting in those meetings, as they were called, was you got your your fix of honey or bliss or whatever. Uh, But also it's addictive. I don't Mm. know how to call it, but it's this particular energy that hangs Mm. there, which is really very uh, beautiful to be in. And when it's over, you just want to have more because you think he is the source of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but then so after when he... was this roughly when, when when you went over first? Um, I moved there in two thousand four. So I think the first times that I visited him in Canada was must have been two thousand three, mm-hmm. and I left in two thousand eleven. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened? Yeah, what happened? Well, after a year of three, four, four probably, um, I had to admit that there were some stuff that wasn't very kosher going on. There was a huge amount of money involved. He was really all-powerful in the sense of if you ask somebody if something was true, then they would answer, well, John says it's true, so it is true. You know, everybody mm-hmm. completely um, 
under his spell, so to speak. And um, yeah, and then also through the grapevine finds, how do you call it? Some sexual stuff was reaching me, which wasn't very kosher as well. There were tons of secrets. I mean, when you moved up through the circle, so to speak, and came closer to the inner circle, uh, you sometimes you were told some of the secrets, of course, uh, you know, with the promise of keeping it secret yourself. Mm. So uh, if that accumulates, I in the yeah, I had uh, to admit that uh, in the end, uh, this apart from how I'd seen his teaching changing as well to bind people to him to um, to uh, encourage them to move to Canada, leave their whole lives behind encourage them to keep spending on his his meetings and everything because you know it was like an osmosis the closer you were to him the more you got whatever including that nobody uh, when you when you would ask somebody including myself like what is this all about i couldn't give an answer it was always yeah it's it's knowing, it's in the future, it was a total mystery <laughs> mm. where we were mm. heading mm. as a group. So, so uh, you know, when I moved back and uh, disappeared through the back door there in Canada, so to speak. You decided it was not for you anymore, that it, there was something yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, nobody was open to uh, discuss that with me, so... I think I got blacklisted a bit there. Mm. And, uh, so with humble bread, then, uh, you know, moving back to uh, Holland, having nothing initially, but it was a very good period, I must say. Very confusing to, to leave behind like a, a whole belief system that you yeah. think you have and built all your up. Friends. My friends, my job, my house, uh, place to live, everything. So, yeah, it's a bit like cold turkey, but it's a good cold turkey. It uh, it removes, it removes, uh, yeah, falseness. It removes mm. all the stuff that... Uh, you could be honest yeah. and authentic again. At least, yeah. <laughs> 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 well, a bit more, anyway. I, uh, I probably, I, I wouldn't know. I, I, yeah, that was in that period, you know, coming back in Holland and uh, and uh, thinking, my God, the world has moved on. In the meantime, I've been totally, you know, locked, being locked up in Canada. What's going on? Because still, I was on a search because. I only knew where this hadn't brought me. So it was like a sour, <laughs> sour pill. In the uh, meantime, you'd split with your husband, is that right? Already before Canada. Yeah. Before Canada. Yeah, yeah. yeah before Canada. So yeah, uh, you came back and uh, reconnected with your children, I suppose. Uh, is that right? I'd never unconnected with ah, my children. Okay. Yeah. But I just was now a bit. Uh, closer to them yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so what happened next then? <laughs> <laughs> well you know in my uh in my curiosity uh, what on earth has been going on here actually and uh also looking a bit in what was spiritually then on hand but you know very carefully because Certainly, I wasn't going to sign up for something anymore <laughs> no. after this uh, this experience. So there was this. There's here this uh, magazine in Holland uh, about self inquiry and non duality called Inzicht, and uh, I'd written a poem. Uh, I'd written a lot of poetry in Canada, and one of my poems was published in it. And uh, I took a subscription and. Uh, and then I found this, in the back, this little article um, about Catherine Harding. It was an interview. 
I just a few weeks ago I reread it because I was curious, you know, what what was this interview? Anyway, I read it and um I was so, so Catherine struck. Harding obviously was the wife of Douglas Harding. Yeah. Exactly, yes. He was already dead, Douglas by then. Oh, okay. But uh well it must have been in two thousand twelve or something that I mm. read it. I found out actually it was a transcription of the interview that you had with her on the ah. video. Yeah. Mm. But I was so struck about uh, how she spoke to uh, about her husband and uh, and the, the, the loving way that came across and, you know, the honesty and simpleness and the certainty with which she spoke in it, like mm. the way it was for her, that made me very curious. So I thought, Douglas Harding, Douglas Harding, maybe I've heard the name <laughs> a long time ago, but, you know, there's no harm in looking it up. So I came across the website, and uh, to my total amazement, there was just this richness of, you know, basically the whole approach, the experiments, the articles, and all for free. I'm mm. mind you at this stage in my life I paid a small fortune for my uh, all the teachings I had received mm. both my first and my uh, second uh, t teacher so that was jaw dropping and uh, I did a pointing exercise of experiment of course and I thought oh, whoa whoa it made an impression it did make an impression I was wow I did it again and again and again, of course. And what do you oh, wow the impression then when you go? Well, wide? the impression was I couldn't see anything here, and uh, I couldn't make sense of it. And I could see all the things. And when I came to here, I was an an other well beast, or how do you call it? Something completely different. Uh, than what I see out there. And I never really realized that, that even though I had these beautiful meditative experiences in which mm. I was absent and just, you know, existence arose as this beauty, it never got to me that this is all, always the case, that it's actually my very nature. I thought it was a sort of a, a special state to be to be in. Yeah. You know, something you you needed to achieve by doing a lot of things. So that was the jaw-dropping thing. And then I remember I was um, shortly after cat-sitting uh, in a house and uh, I was further exploring the, the website and came across the tube experiment. And, uh, well, obviously, obviously I was alone there in the house, so there was nobody to do it with <laughs> the cat <laughs> probably wasn't very <laughs> willing and uh, but there was this little statue and uh, uh, a torso with a head so i put the other end of the tube on the on the, the face of the statue and of course it was as obvious as you do it with a person the tube it's is a... looking through a tube looking through a tunnel at someone else's face or in your case you did it with a the statue's face and it just really makes clear that it cuts out the rest of the world you just see the face in the tube and it's very clear it's face there to no face here absolutely yeah mm. the absence here is i mean if you don't see it in a tube then it's hopeless i mean this uh device or you know it's just a bag but uh, it's so totally clear. So that was the final thing. And then... Uh, so you uh, uh, you did the experiments. You took action. Some people read about the experiments and don't do them. But you did them and you got the result. <laughs> I got the result, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's also funny to... Uh, actually quite funny i think it took me two weeks to realize that my search was over uh -huh. because also you invest in a search yeah you know you become a bit of this spiritual personality that uh 
uh, know so much and blah, 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 such beautiful experiences. And, you know, you can even be a bit proud of yourself and all of it. Mm -hmm. But uh, end of search, yeah, to clearly stay to myself, seeing that this is so always, always. Mm -hmm. That was the final answer. That I, I was looking for something permanent that wouldn't be different. Mm. Never. Would always been so. And I Not saw dependent that... dependent on anyone else. It, this is self-evident. It's your own experience that you can verify anytime you like. Not dependent on a situation, on a, on a place, on who you are with... If you are with a teacher or not with a teacher, you know, uh, not dependent on anything, indeed. So yeah. did you share it with anyone at this point? No, fact, no. No? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, uh, I was uh, digesting this by myself. It was, uh, for me, it was a big thing to admit to the end of search. Maybe I told a good friend or something. The one or two that were left after this, all these moves that I made in my life. Um, but I think shortly after, uh, there was suddenly an announcement that you came to Rotterdam for a workshop, and uh, yes, and that I uh, I thought that's a good thing. I go there. Yeah, yeah. I even took my son, my yes. eldest son, which. Uh, yeah, which was already a little um, sign of trust in this. Yeah. But nevertheless, I was checking the whole thing out. <laughs> <laughs> really with uh, a lot of, you know, leaning backwards and arms crossed and thinking, what is this? Yeah. I think I didn't say one word at all workshop. I was just thinking, okay, uh -huh. okay, let's see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And um, what happened after that? I guess maybe the Zooms were starting up then that you could meet others. There was always some sort of activity. I think we, we also read a few of Douglas books with together with others. Yes. And then we had a, a weekly meeting about it. The book club, so, yes. Online the book, book club. club. Yeah. yeah. So you, you began to connect with others who were enjoying seeing. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think that's very important to... Uh, why? Why? Um, because it's so affirming. Hmm. You see that all these things uh i've been struggling with or the insights or whatever uh it's it's not only me it's it's uh, there's a whole crowd actually that has had a similar similar background you know in another form but the ingredients uh you recognize in others and it's such a delight to uh to hear everybody's insight and then especially if people who were already longer uh with this thing i heard how deeply they uh yeah they had contemplated mm. this this mm. basic setup that we are so i learned so much uh, from it all and mm. it was also such a joy to start to express myself you know my insights mm. i think an expressed insight I suppose in the group in Canada, everyone deferred to the teacher. And uh, as a follower, you, I, I'm imagining there wasn't that much opportunity to grow in a way through your own uh, communication of things. But with this seeing, uh, the you... Um, your expression is valued and uh, welcomed. You know, there was sharing going on as well, but it was always up to a certain uh, level because after that, uh, you weren't supposed to get it. 
uh, you were supposed to stay there and uh, moving on to the next in the future, even though there was fake and, but it certainly was grand and uh, whatever. Uh, while with this, you know, sharing, um, it confirms that we all have got it, mm. which I think is a very Im important place to start from. Yes. And then um, all our unique insights coming from that, because, you know, we all see different parts of reality just by nature that we are in a different place. Yeah. Nobody is standing in each other's shoes. And so that, that a person says that, that, and I think, oh my gosh, you know, that's, that's marvelous to look at it like that. And I learned something from it. And another, somebody says that. And uh, yeah. so it's, it's like uh, the diamond is getting more complete with all these little facets that you hear from others. Yes, because mm. the experience is so obvious. Uh, one accepts that everyone gets it. So, uh, like now, I, it, it's not crossing my mind that has Karen is Karen seeing her no face, <laughs> and <laughs> is she seeing it as clear as I am, or as you know more clearly? That is just uh, that doesn't cross my mind. I'm enjoying the one consciousness, and our two voices are different perspectives within that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, and and uh, having come across this this uh, call it approach, um, that's the first approach which clearly stated. You know, let's start from uh, the point where we all see reality, where you see reality mm. as it is. You've got it. You found it. You are awake. Uh, you see it. Whatever you call it, and. Uh, and it's so easy and natural. So, I mean, there's no point to that. And then, uh, and then uh, I noticed, and, and others as well, it's just the starting point, but it's such a different starting point. Yeah. So different. Because it wasn't exactly that I thought, okay, now I found it, and then everything was uh, forever or is forever the same. After you know that initial seeing and and uh, admitting to myself, okay, search over, I still had uh, a few big insights to come, and and I'm I'm sure that will continue. Mm. Um, like you know, I can give an example of it. Um, was then a few years later and it still was I think sort of inner struggle like oh am I now hooked on to another method and another movement and uh, how do I reconcile with you know before being so involved in this Canada thing and I think I told you about it I was in a in a zoom meeting or so and then you said uh, all groups are in you <laughs> and for me, there dropped something, you mm. know, that meant that the conflict between these two approaches and the, the ways I had been invested in the one and was now opening up to another, that was completely solved. Mm. It was all within me. And uh, as you know, is a lot more yeah. Uh, yeah. all happening in me. There was no conflict. Yeah, and uh, very freeing. Yeah, yeah, conflict dropped. So I remember another uh, big moment was when I was uh, phoning with Catherine because at that time I was I started making the book, the Freedom to Love about yeah, her life so and her vision. Got to know Catherine, and uh, I don't know by then. Probably you'd been over to England. You'd met Catherine. You'd been, perhaps even been to a gathering, and you decided to interview Catherine and uh, put together a book about her life, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I met her and I was uh, very, uh, in a quiet way, impressed by her, how she, uh, her aliveness, even though she was in her 80s already, I think. Um, yeah, and her wisdom and her 
her storytelling. She was a very good storyteller. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, I asked her if she would be okay if I would interview her about her life for the purpose of making a book out of it. And uh, mm. um, she wasn't very keen at first. <laughs> I think <laughs> during the first year, she never really believed that the book would come of it. <laughs> she just <laughs> enjoyed meeting me and you know co-places and I always had to urge her every day like when I was there like come on so Catherine, Catherine would... was in, of course Catherine was French and uh, she'd moved back to France after Douglas died she was down in the she south did, yeah. yeah 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 so I always went for a few days and uh, to mm. interview a bit more but then she said oh come on let's go here let's go there <laughs> anyway so we sometimes yeah we phoned and uh, I think I uh, I was telling her a story about something I can't remember what it was and about I must have been talking about my consciousness and uh, and then she said at some point but Karin your consciousness is not personal it is the universal consciousness. <laughs> Well, boof. You know, of course, of course, but it had never gotten to me so deeply before mm. that there's nothing personal here. Mm. This awareness is is uh, everybody's awareness, mm. and there's yeah. no, no name stuck on it. And I think you know, it's it's a little bit maybe of another trick of wanting to pat yourself on the shoulder and saying what a, a aware awake person you are which of course is absolutely impossible as a person you are not awake but and this is just... an example of how inspiring friends can be who share this they can open a door onto another perspective within this one yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. And not in a teaching, just in a, in a contact, in a yeah. conversation you have with each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so there, there, there's. I I would say this initial seeing, you can see it, and then you see it, and then I, of course, you have to repeat it because you can't see for memory, like I saw yesterday, mm. and it's good for today as well. Mm. Um, uh, it's always actual in the moment that you see what is, yeah, what is here and what is appearing in it. Um, but it also sort of has to sink in. Yes. Of course, there's this whole body, uh, feelings, thoughts, you know, uh, that's still operating, so used to operate in its old ways. And, uh, and the beauty of, of seeing is that you have it, so there's nothing that you have missed. And now in all relaxation and freedom, you can just see how it starts to sink in at yeah. uh, deeper levels. Yeah. And uh, yeah. there won't be an end to it, I'm sure. As long as you live, you, you, know, you have this life, you can... Uh, more deeply well some people call it embody it or it's all big term bit modern term fashion so term, one of maybe. the things that emerged was that you met Emma uh, who uh, I knew for for years he was a, a Buddhist monk and then he left the order uh, and he met uh, Douglas and Catherine and was close to Catherine actually so tell us a bit about uh, your experience of being in relationship and sharing seeing in the relationship? Well, uh, seeing is always here in the household. <laughs> you met Amor at one of the gatherings, didn't you? I did, I did, yeah. I'd met him the year before when he was still a monk. Oh. There were these three monks, these Buddhist monks, and uh, I was a bit fascinated by them. I'd never met monks and... Uh, or Buddhist monks, and uh, you know they were these happy three, and I couldn't even tell them apart. <laughs> they were all in their robes and 
even Amma and another guy looked a bit the same. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But I, I loved uh, talking to them because, I mean, becoming a monk is quite a commitment to this. Yeah. And that I, I admired in them, that they had given their lives away. Uh, well, for what you yeah, have for, for this, I presume. Um, at least I presumed then. And uh, so great my surprise when I heard halfway the year, the following year, that one of them had disrobed and I didn't even know what it was. I thought now he's wearing jeans, but he's still a monk. But no, somebody <laughs> had to tell me disrobing means, uh, uh, you know, he stopped being a monk. He yeah. left his order and uh, I was a bit shocked by that, actually. Yeah, and then I think he was staying with our friend Sam. I had his friend in Australia, and yeah. it was there was the Zoom going on, so he was there too, and uh, we had a good laugh, and he was wearing shorts, uh, you know, so it was all very funny. And uh, uh, and then yeah, and then there was the next gathering, and. Uh, I don't know. I just came from the station with my suitcase and guess who was in front of the building? Another person with a suitcase wearing ridiculous clothes because, you know, <laughs> he didn't have any. <laughs> so he was just a bundle of what was given to him. And uh, it was Amma. And uh, so I think we were both a bit like, gosh, what do we say? And uh, But we started to laugh both. Uh, it was this big laugh, and now I think it's like this Buddha laugh. We had this strange Buddha laugh. I remember thinking while I was laughing, this is weird, you know, why are you <laughs> laughing? <laughs> anyway, he laughed in the same way, and then we did, still didn't know what to say, so we went uh, inside. And, uh, yeah, and then uh, we talked a bit here and there, and... Uh, Afterwards, he uh, wrote me an email. Yeah, it would be nice to get to know each other a bit better. And, and you know, I was having had uh, a number of relationships in my life. I was sort of okay with, totally okay with staying single for the rest of my life. But I thought, okay, if, if uh, the universe uh, wants me together, with a partner, then I have one requirement. It needs to be somebody who is seeing. Mm. Not particular in the headless way, although, you know, that would be convenient. Not somebody who is starting seeing and I can then help to, to do more, but an equal partner. That yeah. you both bring this awareness to the relationship. Mm. And, uh, and, and that he was. So... Uh, yeah, so then there was no question about uh, getting together. And uh, mm. it's it's marvelous, I must say, because, you know, whatever arises in our daily life, we uh, we very quickly get to seeing it from here mm. and uh, reflecting upon it from here and... Mm. Uh, seeing uh, you know we have very different personalities uh, very different backgrounds to both of us mm. so it's easy uh, when that starts to come up to uh, have you know uh, conflicts about it or whatever but it's all very easily resolved mm. from uh, the seeing point of view and then it even makes it interesting Mm. That you have these differences, mm. so it's like you bring more, more to the mix, more richness, more qualities to the mix than um, if you would be on the same page completely. Mm. Uh, I find it, yeah, I find it, uh, it's a blessing actually. It's a real blessing to uh, to also live my daily life with uh, somebody beside me who's seeing and mm. approaching life mm. from that yeah mm. so with that uh you also i i i remember you you worked for a while with kids in a school and now you're retired but you're 
editing Inzik magazine now. Yeah, uh, what's your life about now as well as being with Emma? What What's it about? What's it about? Well, yeah, strangely, this uh, interview where I talked about um, reading it in that magazine, uh, which, which made me uh, look into uh, the Headless Way website, is the same magazine I'm now chief editor of. Yeah. It's that's yeah. It's, it's tr- strange how that went. The book was just finished, Catherine's book, and then they were looking for another chief editor quite quickly. And uh, for some reason, I caught the courage to say, "Okay, what is it all about?" And then after I've had some more information, I thought, "If you want me, I'll do it," and I'm still doing it. So. Uh, yeah, that's eight years down the road or seven years. So it's a advisor, non-dualist kind of magazine, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's it's well, its subtitle is about self-inquiry and non-duality. Although the people who started it do have an Advaita background, it's not only about Advaita. I don't mm. have an Advaita background at all myself. Um, so it's about anything that, that has... Uh, uh, the, yeah, the non-dual insight, or uh, or a serious self-inquiry, uh, as as a starting point for for their teaching or their method or whatever it will be. So um, there is a freedom around it, but when it gets too, you know, superficial or not seeing through till the end, then it. This, this is a magazine that takes on board only uh, uh, teachers or methods that do take it to the end. And uh, I don't really know what you mean there. What you take to, it to, to the, the end, end, meaning uh, waking up to to oh, reality, waking if, as it is, because you also have a lot of uh, teachers, like for example, my second one, who sort of hang in there and. Uh, and then it would be more about um, researching your conditioning or your patterns in order to have a better life. Or yeah. So the or, magazine is is obviously not a headless way a headless way magazine. Uh, it but so how does seeing who you are help you or affect how you do the job? And uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, select the article yeah say yes like to this no to that yeah. yeah yeah you know that's so another amazing thing actually that i don't feel um i, I of course as a chief editor or as an editor i have to say whether something has the quality, but it's in me there is no conflict about oh this teacher approaches it like that or that teacher or speaker or method approaches it like that and they're not exactly on the same page. So how do I reconcile that within this magazine? Um, no, I'm I'm coming myself. I'm coming from this wide open space in which everything presents itself. Like um, mm. th- when I was trying to reconcile the Canadian uh, approach with opening up to headlessness, all groups are in you. Well, all approaches are in you. All teachers are in me. Um, I imagine that your awareness that one's experience of one's true nature is non-verbal, which in my view, frees me to choose different words at different times and not get stuck on one particular way of thinking about it. I imagine that there's something like that in play with you, that uh, you are not looking for people to agree with you. (laughs) In words, I mean. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you see that everybody has their own expression, you know, mm. and it's a different way of 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 presenting reality. And uh, uh, um, 
and and it's all beautiful and the mm. one way of wording it will speak more to some person and the other way of wording it or or emphasizing a certain facet or uh, yeah will speak more to somebody else and and it's beautiful to have that variety mm. so um, yeah i i i have no problem at all with that it's it's i feel like this big umbrella and uh, everything can come under yeah so you're also involved in sharing seeing you you're leading workshops what what's going on there what inspires you there what's your vision as it were well my vision is uh, it's a very simple one i just so enjoy somebody getting it somebody mm. seeing it mm. somebody coming with a specific question and you know most people are like me they have been doing a lot a lot in order to get this clarity mm. and uh, still are confused about one thing or suffering from from something or um from this confusion and then seeing their face light up when they point here and they see you know there's nothing here <laughs> but it's not a nothing it's it's filled up with everything and seeing this vibrancy then um, with what it's filled and then during usually our day workshops and during the day keep confirming that through other experiences you know the mornings usually there are a few doubts coming up and people still have this frown a bit and then but in the afternoon um they relax into it and uh, usually they're quite happy when they're walking out of the door <laughs> that's such a delight i'm totally enjoying somebody just you know an ordinary woman or man just like me getting it and uh and loving it and uh and then you know since there's a little bit of a, of a, of a group forming now in holland just a few people who st stay with it um really love it and come back every time and come to the Dutch Zoom meetings and so on, they're seeing how it changes their lives gradually. If you mm. know, if you only, you know, meet them now and then but during a year already, I see such depth and such, uh, uh, well, happiness in a quiet type of way mm. coming into their lives. Mm. And it's really beautiful. Yeah. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Of course, I've I've been a teacher for uh, for a lot of my life. I once started I started out as a, my first education was teacher for primary school, which I never did. But then I worked as a drama teacher for a dramatic expression for quite a, a long time. So teaching is is uh, is a bit in my blood. Yeah, and I they also that. say, don't they, if you want to learn, teach, because yeah. you have to put into words, you have to get clear on you, discover as you're speaking what you think and feel. So uh, it, it, uh, it, it nourishes one's own growth. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah, yeah. It's just beautiful to spend the whole day with the experiments mm. and with this insight and uh, uh, together with others. Mm. It's it amplifies it. It's so so beautiful to listen to their responses to it. Everybody hearing their responses. Everybody getting inspired by each other. And it uh, doesn't matter how long you are with this, because, you know, sometimes I'm really inspired, extra inspired with somebody who just discovered it. Yes. Yeah. And uh, uses their own fresh words to try and express it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So does anything else come to mind that you'd like to share that's on, on your mind or just comes up in the moment now? Well, maybe, uh, yeah, one more thing that um, from my experience as an editor now over the past uh, eight years and all the methods and all the teachers that came across my desk and uh, uh, all the beautiful wording and all the less beautiful wording of uh, how to find this and so on, I haven't found anything like Douglas, uh, his approach, introducing the experiments and uh, making it so accessible, so mm. possible for somebody there on the spot to see their true nature. Mm. Nothing. It amazes me. And I'm, yeah, of course, it just for me confirms that I'm <laughs> with the right, <laughs> in the right crowd. With a massive potential, you know, if it's so easy and so accessible, uh, yeah, let it spread. Uh, it will put a lot of teachers out of job, of course. But, uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, so what? I mean, in the end, you have you can't have the one half of Holland teaching the other half of Holland. I hope it comes to that, but you know. Within the headlessness, there's no hierarchy. It's uh, like in the gathering now, English gathering, we have like four people leading it, you and Judy and John and me. So that's already so such a beautiful example of there is no one teacher yeah. uh, to, to, uh, to do it among friends mm. is so much richer. And it's so much nicer to to listen to all these voices, whether they're new or old in it, uh, expressing themselves or leading you through an experiment. You can't do it wrong. Uh, it's always inspiring. So, um, yeah, that's what shall I say? It's I admire Douglas. I think really. What he what he made available in his legacy is uh, of astounding value. These experiments, I mean, his words are fantastic too, and the way he worked it out. But it are the experiments that uh, that are the treasure. So you have uh, for Dutch friends, you've got a regular Dutch meeting online, and then uh, occasional meetings at your home and uh, that's all available information on our website isn't it headless.org so yeah. yeah or the my dutch website headlesscafe.info ah okay yeah yeah so and then you come now and then so that's also fantastic yeah well, and we have this uh gathering uh this first five-day gathering as well Oh, yes. This year, yeah. In Holland, yeah. yes. Yeah. In Holland, yeah. 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 Well, a delight to talk to you, Karen, and share the great space from different points of view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. It's always lovely to talk about this. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you, Karen. Bye.